0: All right, fellas. Appreciate you. Uh, in the immortal wor- words of uh, Judy Brown, whose birthday was yesterday, um, happiness is a choice and we're happy you're spending some time with us. It's Chip and Zay. Zay, what is going on, my man? We are having a free-for-all football Friday. We got Texas football tomorrow at 2.30. Are you ready?
1: Hell yeah, I'm ready. It's finally time, Chip. The day is almost here. One day away for Texas opening up the 2023 season. So much anticipation, so much at stake. We've been talking about it for so long, and now it's finally time to get down. And yeah, man, our Texas sports unfiltered family just getting bigger and bigger. Shout out to Adam Wagner and Rodney Rodriguez for their new show, Chaos Theory, coming out next Monday. Chaos. From- hey, uh- and theory it's big time man i love both those guys 10 to 11 and we're getting deeper jeff howe and with kevin dunn and trey ellen switching off right after us from three to five like what be BK has done here has been absolutely magnificent. and Hardball hard,
0: hanging with hardball hard.
1: hard. Yeah, hanging with hard right after Rodney and Wags, man, from 11 to 12. And, yeah, our team, we're like the 92 Dream Team, baby. I just tweeted it at, you know, Zay underscore Collier on Twitter. But that's how I'm feeling. It's been a blessing to be a part of this. And, yeah, man, be with great grade A guys like yourself and we're just getting started here but yeah very excited about game day tomorrow and football season's
0: finally here my guy. Come on man I want to I want you to sound like you sound when you're hanging on the rim and dunking on somebody and like throwing your uh, oh! uh see that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah you that's what be I'm talking about. Now. <laughs> well, hey, we got we got a loaded show, folks. We got uh, former Texas tight end Cade Brewer will be joining the show at 130. Uh, and John McClain, uh will be joining us long time Longtime Houston sports personality columnist, um, formerly of the Houston Chronicle, but now, um, you can, well, we'll, we'll get y'all the, we'll get y'all the deets on, on John McClain, but NFL hall of fame voter guy, um, will regale us with, uh, some, some, uh, Gil Brandt stories, um, and give his thoughts on, uh, everything Houston, the, the Astros, the Cougs, the Cougs who opened the season against UTSA. Um, and we'll get to that. Dana Holgerson firing off some shots at Texas and Texas A&M this week on his radio show. He also said, I've never been fired and I don't plan on it. How about that? That's what okay. I'm talking about.
1: Yeah. Let them know, Dana. Let them know. Come on. You came to
0: play well, coming into the Big 12.
1: You ain't on no hot seat. It's very cold for you. It's like you sitting on ice like don't let them see you sweat Dana and yeah let them know you never been fired before that ain't even a part of your pedigree so yeah i appreciate that with his slick back hair and stuff talk about jerry curl and some so glow chip that dude dana what he has going on there hey man salute to him <laughs> <laughs> hey if he's
0: something if he's coaching in a windy game he looks he looks like the uh the Nick Nolte mugshot I mean, <laughs> that hair is everywhere. I'm like Dana. Oh, just just cut it off, man. You probably no, look like let, it, let it ride. Let it ride. Right.
1: That might that might be motivation, you know, kind of like Deion Sanders. You look good, you play good. You yeah know? Look Maybe good, play that. good,
0: feel, feel good, look good, play good. Yeah. Um and and JW Crunch is on to one of our topics today. Jalen Milroe, as we said. Yesterday, that would would be the case. Jalen Milrow will be the starter for the Alabama Crimson Tide when they take on Middle Tennessee tomorrow. And Jalen Milrow, I'm just telling you, KJ Jefferson reminds yeah. me of KJ Jefferson. KJ Jefferson, Arkansas quarterback, Texas run defense better be on point. Um, and that's that's one of the things I'm looking for, Zay. And we'll we'll talk to Cade Brewer about this. Um, We got a lot of things to get into. Obviously, the ACC is expanding. We'll get to that. Um, But Texas football, I I did a little column this morning at Horns247.com, five things, five questions I think Texas needs to answer in this season opener. And one of them is that run defense. How's that run defense looking? You know, because Alabama's going to bring all their – All their muscle in that run game in Tuscaloosa a week from today. So Tavondre Sweat, we've heard he's been a monster in fall camp. That he's inspired. He's in a contract year. He's he loves lining up next to Byron Murphy. He's throwing people around. He's disrupting Texas's run game. So can he, um, you know, put on a show tomorrow at 2:30 against Rice? Uh, that offensive line from Rice, nowhere near the level of what Texas is going to see against Alabama, obviously in Tuscaloosa, but it will be um, you know, you want to see him dominate. You don't want to see him play down to the competition. You want to see him dominate. So let's let's see it. T Sweat, A. Collins, Byron Murphy, um, Vernon Broughton, and Jalen Ford. That run defense. Anthony Hill, David Benda, whoever. Um, And we probably need to give a little love to David Benda. He, you know, according to Pro Football Focus, he was the second rated run defender on the team last year behind Moro Ajomo. So come on, David Benda, show us what you got.
1: Yeah, and David Benda, he knows those freshmen are behind them. He knows the talent that they have and LaFowle and Anthony Hill and we know Mo Blackwell he won't be a part of this week and I doubt if he'll be a part of next week when they go up to Tuscaloosa, but yeah, David Benda, he has a lot to prove this year. I mean, DeMarion overshone he covered so much for this defense in this last year before going off to the draft and playing for the Dallas Cowboys, which DeMarion, obviously, we wish him a speedy recovery, but yeah, Dave. Benda. I mean, we know what Jalen Ford could bring to the table. That guy should have been defensive player of the year in the Big 12 last season, and he got hosed, so that's a, you know, Some bulletin board material for him, but Dave Benda, that's an interesting stat that you threw out there, Chip. Like him being behind Morrow and number two and, you know, stopping the run on this team, that says a lot and kind of, you know, shows that he's a very underrated player. Now, there's more to the linebacker position than stopping the run defense, obviously. But as far as Jalen Morrow getting the start this week against Middle Tennessee, that don't mean a damn thing to me. Because that guy on the sideline coaching that team, he knows that Tyler Buckner and Ty Simpson, their helmets are going to be very close by on the sidelines. Now, I know backup quarterbacks, they're a huge part of the game plan and help getting the plays out there and just staying locked in with their headsets on and whatnot. But those helmets are going to be very close by. Just in case Jalen Milrow mucks up a little bit and Nick Saban doesn't like what he sees, that dude could get pulled real quick. So even if we see Jalen Milroe have a terrific game against Middle Tennessee, if you're Pete Kwiatkowski and crew, you're going to go into next week saying, okay, Yes, we're going to scout this last game from Middle Tennessee, but you also have to account for the other two quarterbacks. And, you know, that's just what it is with that team. You just haven't seen enough with anybody yet. We're only in week one this week, which, you know, a couple of the games last night, one was a dud, one was all right, but it was good to have college football on. And, yeah, there's just not enough film on these teams to fully get, you know, Just that feel on what this team does well, what this team doesn't do well. And yes, you could go back into previous years, but now with Tommy Reese being over there, they might look completely different. And you've said it, Chip, on this show. Hey, Nick Saban, he might go back to that old school football like he did in the early 2010s, where it was just giving it to one of those high quality running backs like a Mark Ingram, like a you know Trent Richardson, Derek Henry, and ride those guys till the sunset. It's only been a few years ago where he sent all these big time quarterbacks who are now starting on four different teams: the Mac Jones, Jalen Hurtses, you know Tua, like all those guys, Bryce Young. Like then the quarterback play has been elite. So if it's not elite, then they're just going to protect the ball and run that thing. And I think this defense with Trevandre Sweat, with Byron Murphy, like you got everything you want to stop a good running team, but there's still some question marks like a David Benda, Anthony Hill, LaFouille, like the edge rushers and Colton Vosick and Ethan Burke and Justice Finkley. We know what Baron Sorrell could do, but those are the Thanks. I'm going to be watching this weekend against rice to see what rice does to attack those weak spots right now on the horns defense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is going to be, um, you know, a chance to see a, can they stop the run because Alabama bringing it and B can Texas impose its will in the run game, the offensive line, Uh, Jonathan Brooks, CJ Baxter, Keelan Robinson. Um, you know, this is uh this is a, a two years ago, Zay, Texas ran for 427 yards against Rice and averaged 10.4 per carry. Mm. I'm not saying it has to be all that, but this is supposed to be a better football team than the one two years ago that went five and seven, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's let's see. Let's see it. Impose your will on the Rice Owls and let everybody know. Oh, okay. B. John Robinson's gone. Roshan Johnson's gone. But we can we can run the football. Looky here. We can yeah. run the football. Send I mean- that
1: message, man. You got to send that message to everybody in the nation because, again, a lot of these big time media people are picking Texas to win the Big 12 and get to the college football playoff. And some guys might see that as pressure, other guys need to see that as okay. Yeah, we do have what it takes, and we need to prove it. We haven't seen that in recent years. And, yeah, you've got to send a ma- message to the whole nation, not just Alabama next week, because you never know who you're going to play in the postseason. Like you got to send a message to the Michigans and the USC's, the Ohio State's, the Georgia's, that, oh, man, if we see Texas later on, they ain't going to be nothing to muck with, you know, shout out to the Wu-Tang clan. Like that's how Texas has to take this mentality. Like Texas football ain't nothing to muck with. That's how you got to roll and get like lots on Sark, just a lots on him. He's so unproven in so many different ways. And now that he has all this talent, like you can't get those you know, second half, just droughts that we saw last year, not giving it to the right people at the right time, a la B. John Robinson, just not getting the rock, you know, very much in the TCU game or the Oklahoma State game. And that's that's going to be huge. And hopefully bringing in guys like uh, Jody Camillus and guys like Paul Chris could help switch Sark's thinking a little bit, especially uh, Paul Chris. When you run the football, like, oh, Sark, the clock might be, you know, I know you like to put up points. I know you like to see that ball fly around. I know we got this very deep wide receiver team, but if we run the football and get these first downs, look at this running back room. A lot of guys should be able to get it done. Even Keelan Robinson running in between the tackles. So let's use these guys. You just mentioned that old line, you know, just
0: enforcing well, their and will. You, you mentioned that clock rule. That clock rule's real. Like it's real. It's it's real. I mean, Mac Mac Brown is complaining about it. Like, he's oh like, come
1: on, Mac.
0: Oh yeah, Mac. Remember he said there was a an epidemic, a tackling epidemic sweeping the nation a few years ago. Well, oh, he doesn't Mac. like this clock rule. He thinks we're depriving fans and players of college football but that clock rule is real and it's it's shortening the game and um everybody's taking notes during these early games to see how it's going to impact numbers of possessions and and all that so yeah man if you can run you can get a lead and you can run the football man you can shorten that game up big time no doubt
1: yeah and even though I think this team should be scoring 40 a game, depending on the matchup, I'm cool with some, you know, 21-17 games if you control the football because you're not going to blow everybody out. There's going to be games where Quinn Ewers gets out there and we see some of the struggles that we saw last season. Hopefully we don't. You know, if it was my say, I would say this team goes 12-0. and 0. Quinn Ewers is up for the Heisman. Xavier Wordy going to be a first-round pick. Jalen Ford is going to be a first round pick. They're going to have at least 15 guys drafted on this team. Like that is grade a, just elite for me, elite thinking and dreaming, but being realistic, In the past, we haven't seen that. And this Big 12, like, say what you want about the schedule. I think the schedule's thick. I think there's a ton of trap games. I think you're facing a lot of good coaches. And, hell, UCF, they put it on Kent State yesterday. You've been talking about UCF a little bit, Chip, and you think that they're going to be able to upset Kansas State when that matchup comes. Like, there's some teams that can really get it going in this conference that just got brought in. So, look, I think – Again, the talent is there for Texas and I think they have the most talent in the big 12, but everything, you know, rides on what they do on the field and Sarks decision making, it has to be better than what we've seen these last two years.
0: Yeah, and that that's gonna come into play more or it should next week. Um, if that's an issue this week, we got issues, folks um, <laughs> because this as Joe K said, Texas fans want to see Texas up big at halftime so they can see the youth invasion in the second half. They, so they can see all those stud recruits from the 22 and 23 recruiting class, Malik Murphy, Arch Manning. Um, it's, it's an impressive list. We've been talking about it all week, whether it's it's Anthony Hill or Jonte Cook or Ryan Niblett, um, Trevor Gooseby, you know, Sadir Mitchell. Uh, Derek Williams. I mean, all these cats should be in the game in the second half of the opener against Rice, and 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 so you know, that's another one. Like, what what young players are we going to be talking about Saturday night that that really stood out? And Quinn Ewers. I mean, okay, we know Quinn, he's remade his body, he's a little too light for my liking 218 to 195. Come on, Quinn, gotta leave some light. Uh, Gotta leave a. Gotta have some armor. Gotta have some armor. You you, you try to have him like Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, like oh, I'm not he he saying. There? I I just need him over two bills. I right. need him over two bills, Zay. Eh? I need him. I need him to look a little more like you, and a little <laughs> less. A little, you know. I'm fat, but I need him to look like you. You know, big Man. strong. I nah, I don't need I him look like.
1: I look like Jamarcus Russell now. You don't need them to look like me. That, oh! ain't a good look. <laughs> that ain't a good look, which I'm I'm, I'm good with that, but I ain't J. playing Rush. on
0: Saturday. Yeah, I, maybe he needs to eat that Chick-fil-A. You, you give him a little bit of that Chick-fil-A back, huh? Is that what yes, you're saying? You know, John Brown talks about it's okay to eat dirty as long as you're working out, baby, but. I, I anyway, Quinn yours, we got to see it now. He, you know, he's got the new hair, the new body, the new attitude, the new voice. Let's see how well he sees the field. Let's see how well he finds the open man. And because here's the thing, we're watching the games last night, Zay. And, you know, we wanted to see what Florida had with Graham Mertz and there was, you know, Paul Crist allegedly told Billy Napier, hey, man, we mismanaged this guy. We misused this guy. There's a lot of talent there. And then last night, you're watching it, and if you just look at the box score, 31 of 44, 300 yards, looks good. No, he was missing open receivers. Like, he he didn't see the field. And, and look, maybe it's nerves. It was tough. It's on the road. You're playing at Utah. Utah's a good team. Uh, Utah won, you know, the Pac-12 last year, whatever. But, man, Graham Mertz, I needed you to see those receivers that were breaking wide open because that could have been a different game. That really was Utah in total control of that football game until until Florida scored late and made it 24-11. But that, that game was kind of a no-doubter for, for Utah. So – Let's see if Quinn Ewers is seeing the field. And like A.D. Mitchell told his dad, we've got so many weapons, someone's going to be open on every play. Can Quinn find that guy? And we're going to talk to Cade Brewer, former Texas tight end here in a minute, get his thoughts. Um, you know, he was with J.T. Sanders during J.T.'s redshirt year. He's got thoughts on this, on this football team, and we'll, we'll get his take. Um, as a guy who knows a bunch of players who are still on this team and um, and see, you know, what he's thinking. We'll talk to him in about 10 minutes, Zay. But, nice. you know, you've, you've got, you know, real real quick, and I know we need to, to hit this, the ACC obviously expanding with my SMU Mustangs. Are you kidding me? I mean, SMU. Yo. did SM- you
1: have ever
0: thought this would happen? I mean, when you offer to take nothing for seven years, hey, we'll rake the traps. We will caddy for you. We'll we'll cut your lawn. Yeah, Just, is this an
1: internship? What is this? Kind of. Seven years? Man, that's a minute.
0: I mean, SMU's got some rich old dudes who are willing to pay the freight. You know, it's like. Yeah, they do. It's like when Jerry Jones offered to pay for dart for an entire year to keep, to build his new stadium where the old Texas stadium was in the city of Irving's like, ah, you're not really going to do that. Yeah. He would have. And SMU's like, yeah, we'll take nothing for seven years. You can take the money that ESPN is going to give you and go give it to Clemson and Florida state, North Carolina, and see if you can get them to stick around. And if you can't, then they'll leave, and we'll be here, and you'll still be at, you'll still have at least twelve members, which uh, is the key number in all of this. Because if if the as long as the ACC stays, um, uh, well, if they if they drop below, let's see, they can reduce revenue if the ACC drops below. Uh, 15 members. So with with FSU, UNC, and Clemson, you know, voting against this, shocker. There, the possibly possibly wanna... looking around. Yeah if, the, yeah. if they leave, okay. You're still you're still at 15. You're you're fine. And that keeps everything good with ESPN. and keeps some media, with, yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. Look, Cal, Stanford, SMU. I mean, I'm happy for SMU. Look, you got to get to the table, no matter how you got to get to the table. I mean, even if you got to, I mean, you got to climb in through the window and and you know sneak in, just get to the table because um, you don't you don't want to be left behind. When this music stops, you're not. They're not going to be adding anyone. I still think it's going to end up being SEC and Big Ten, and maybe some of those members get pushed out um, ultimately. But, so,
1: like the SEC and the Big Ten? or Because it's basically yeah, becoming I mean, the NFL, but they would be like the NFC and the AFC. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, I mean, looking back, I mean, Vanderbilt, Northwestern, we can talk about those schools. and But, you know, even the Big Ten's, addition of Rutgers and Maryland like Rutgers is like losing money like crazy because their football's not good they're not selling tickets they're not they're they they got they're in over their heads with facility um construction that they got to pay off still I mean Maryland has done nothing it's those were mistakes by the Big Ten so Purdue you know I don't know I mean Just look at the level of football and to lost odds. will always say you got to beat somebody, but I don't know. I mean, when it's all said and done, when we shake this thing out and there's, there's the top 30 or 40 schools, some collaboration. And it's so crazy because it's shaping up as like Fox, big 10 ESPN, SEC. So you just call it the Fox division and the, in the ESPN division of college football and, in a way we'll go, you know, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I need to stop saying power five because that's definitely not a thing anymore with the way the Pac-12 is just, you know, becoming extinct, like power four. I better get used to that. But yeah, Stanford and Cal Berkeley following suit with SMU. And man, that's going to be weird. Like Boston College versus Cal Berkeley. Like think about those kids, like that traveling and stuff. That's insane. And we know it's happening with, USC and UCLA going to the big 10. And you mentioned, you know, playing teams like Rutgers and Maryland and stuff, but yeah, I don't know where it's going. Like it's, it's going crazy. The absolute wild, wild West. And you're right, ship. You just can't get left behind. Like you want to find the best opportunity for you and your program and the universities. And it seems like these schools are trying to do whatever. So we know what's going to happen with Colorado. We don't know yet with Arizona and Arizona state it seems like washington and oregon are leading to the big 10 too so yeah the pac-12 and utah the team that's probably the best right now out of everybody being back to back pac-12 champs like they look really good last night say what you want about mertz and you know the wisconsin transfer being at florida which you Billy Napier, like he made some very questionable decisions last night. I thought going forward on fourth down, and they tried to run the ball. Everybody and they mama knew that was coming. And then the, you know, being down 17 to 3, that pick that merch through to make it 24 to 3, that was game right there. So that you know, SEC definitely ain't the sunbelt coming from Rays and Cajun, what Napier did. But yeah, I just you think about guys, we've talked about it with Jeff Trailer. And, you know, UTSA like trailer knows what's going down. He knows all these teams mixing and matching and stuff and moving around like you do not want to get left behind and you could easily get left behind if you, you know, stay at the same place. And sometimes the grass is greener on the other side. Big Ten, they found that out by trying to bring in Rutgers and Maryland, and obviously that backfiring. So I think them going out and getting a obviously USC and UCLA, but also getting an Oregon and a Washington that would definitely help them. But gosh, man, yeah, I mean, you
0: man. add you add Oregon and Washington on top of USC and UCLA. The you know, I was talking to a, a source at Fox last night. They're they're the, all the money is going to be on I mean all the fox money is going to be on the big 10 and ESPN's going to always make sure that they have the SEC and then whatever's left is what ever's left and it's I I keep telling people just pay attention big 12 they're all pumped Brett Yormark's brought in the four corner schools from the Pac 12 they're getting 31.7 million that money is not going to be there in 2030 when they have to renegotiate so just enjoy it now um because that that money right now is being paid by fox and espn but in seven years or you know what they start start renegotiating in 2030 fox is going to focus all of its money on the big 10 espn is going to focus all of its money on the sec and we don't know if the rights fees are going to keep going up with the streaming partners coming in, it's, we may have finally hit the, we may have finally hit the the ceiling. We'll see. Look at this. Say my man, David, David Brown burner. Like, I'm like, Hey man, trying to Yo, make my David. You ain't lying, David. Trying you to ain't make lying. my day.
1: That's your he gets down, man. Appreciate that. All the rest. But, hey, Chet, let me ask you this real quick before we bring on Cade. Uh, FSU, Clemson, North Carolina, what do you think they're going to do?
0: I mean, I think they're going to – They're and here's the funny thing. Everyone's like, oh, they're going to leave. They're going to leave. I think, I think we're kind of getting to that point where it's – Becoming unwieldy for the Big Ten and the SEC to to try to maintain scheduling unless you unless you go into like pods within the conference. Um, I, I think everybody expects the SEC to to try to reel in uh, Clemson and North Carolina. And you might see Florida State end up in the Big Ten but Florida state is not academically what the big 10 is looking for. The big 10 absolutely wants North Carolina. There is no doubt. Um, But for the big 10, it's still a big deal. If you are a top research institution, that is a big deal for those big 10 presidents. So everybody expects there to be like this war to land Florida state Clemson I think there's a bigger war to land North Carolina, if you can believe that, because neither the Big Ten nor the SEC has, you know, that state in its geographic footprint. And the SEC already has South Carolina and Florida, obviously. Now, Clemson and Florida State have been they're relevant college football programs that matters. TCU under Gary Patterson was playing in the Rose Bowl right before they got invited to the Big 12. That matters. And, you know, SMU, my little Mustangs, they're going to bowl games again. You know, I mean, it's
1: always. You you came right. a long way since giving Eric Dickerson, you know, free whips and stuff, all that, which wasn't free. It was free for Eric, but it wasn't free for all those boosters. They've came a long way, Chip, and it's pretty crazy. And, you know, it's interesting that Miami is kind of quiet with all this. You know, uh I'm not surprised North Carolina, for one, I think we just look at football when it comes to these things, but basketball, North Carolina, top five program of all time. So, bringing that over, that gives you a whole nother aspect on, you know, what you're trying to promote and stuff. But yeah, man, it's absolutely nuts. Like just seeing all these different matchups and, you know, matchups that we never thought we would see. Like that's, it's been crazy. And I don't know. I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know how I feel right now. Like I'm adapting. I get it. I understand why it's happening, but Hey man, I, you know, love the old school days of the Southwest conference. And, you know, like I'm one of those cats. So yeah, you know, change is always going to happen and this is part of it.
0: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's not so, Hey, let's, let's bring on, uh, let's bring on the man himself form. I mean, lifetime longhorn, former tight end for the Texas longhorns. Um, the one and only Cade Brewer. Cade, How what's you? up, man?
2: How we doing, y'all? Doing pretty now, well. Where
0: the where the hell are you? Because I think I what do I see behind you? Is that- I know. I need to go. For this. There you go. <laughs>
2: yeah, man. I, hey, this is not my office. I promise you, it's actually my uh, boss's office. He's a tech guy, unfortunately. Oh, see, so, mm. no, you're fine now. I <laughs> don't in the background. That's my fault. You're
0: all good now. Oh. So, <laughs> Yeah, tell the folks what you're what you're doing now because you're uh, you're out in the in the business world. Well, and and you you went to camp. Take take us through where you've been since Texas and what you're doing now, so the folks know where they can find you.
2: Yeah, so after the 2021 season, um, obviously wanted to try the NFL route, so lo- worked out a local. Um, local guy here named Matt Neal. Um, been working, working out with him for a while. So I was doing all my pro day training, you know, getting ready for the NFL with him. You know, obviously did the pro day. Draft, draft comes up. Um, get undrafted to the Seahawks. And from there, you know, go to mini camp, um, do good there, then you know, OTAs, um, you know, the mini camp where all the veterans come. Do all that, um, then you I know. Mean, obviously, go through camp, play uh, three preseason games. Great experience. Um, it was awesome playing under Coach Carroll, and you know, there's some elite athletes up that level. So um, it was a great experience. You know, unfortunately, they released me um, after the preseason when they cut like 30 guys to get down to 53. But um, but yeah, I was trying to work out for some other teams. I was staying in shape, pretty much through the uh, whole 2022 football season into the spring. And, you know, I kind of find myself, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of time to turn the page a little bit, um, move on. And now I'm in real estate, so I'm an investment real estate agent here in Austin. Um, I really just focus on, you know, finding distressed homes um, for investors that are willing to come in flip the houses. Um, so I'm basically a you know, real estate agent for investors to um, sum it up a little bit. So, um, other than that, it's going good. Um, it's a little bit different than the football grind, but um, I'm in a good spot though. I'm happy where I'm at, so.
0: So like uh, if people want to find some investment real estate, how do they contact you?
2: Yeah, so I work for a company called New Western. So we're an investment real estate brokerage. Um, we get around 40 to 60 properties a month. So look up New Western. Um, you can inquire on my agent page. It's pretty easy. Look up Cade Brewer, New Western. You'll see my agent page and um, kind of just go from there. I can, I get around forty to sixty a month, man. So I can supply all. Look at and that. Day and, day and ship. I can supply all too. So let's go.
0: You know that's <laughs> where your that's where your competitive instincts kick in. As yeah, a- it's <laughs> very
2: very similar. Um, just obviously, it's not in football; it's in real estate, but. You know, this company is very you know competitive environment, um, 100% commission. Um, you know, you got to eat what you kill. So that's what I like about it, too, because if you take your foot off the pedal, put off the gas a little bit, you're going to fall behind. And, you know, you're not going to be making as much as where you want to be. So I think this is an appropriate job for me, and I'm I'm liking it so far. I'm feeling it. So, And you're still in Austin. Yep. I'm over here in Austin. offices over here, right behind the Austin FC Stadium. So, pretty close. Oh, sweet. Yeah.
0: You can keep an eye on your Longhorns. All the time. Yeah. What that do you course. think? Yeah. What do you think, Cade? I mean, people, yeah. the media's picked them to win the Big 12 for the first time since 09,
2: the last time they won it. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, we're Texas, right? We're always going to get hyped up every year. Um, but, I see why this year we have the talent. A lot of people coming back. Obviously, Quinn's going into the second year, um, got one year experience under his belt. Um, defense is looking solid. D line, you know, Tabandre, uh, Byron Murphy, those guys. You know, the veteran guys that I think are you know, you know, it's, it's all it all starts up front, and I think those guys really you know set the tone. Um, especially when you go in week two in Alabama and Tuscaloosa, you're going have to have to stop that run and. um, you know and vice versa too with the offensive line. So, um, I th- I'm really excited. I really am. Um, I think we're gonna, you know, hopefully come out the gates here with Rice, gotta blow him out, then go on Tuscaloosa, the bad taste in our mouth from last year, and you know, bring it to him. So,
1: yeah, yeah, we're speaking with Cade Brewer on and Zay on Texas Sports Unfiltered, Cade. You look at the tight end room right now and you see JT Sanders and all the hype that he's getting, like other than Brock Bowers, he might be the second best tight end in the nation and Gunnar to help what he's done lately. You can't sleep on him. What do you see with this tight end group? And do you think they're going to have some serious success this year based on what you just said, all the talent they have around them?
2: Yeah, I think, Obviously, JT is a tremendous player. I knew as soon as he got on campus, I was like, yeah, this dude's going to be legit. Um, you can just tell he's such a big dude. Not only is he he's talented, he, he's, he works hard, man. He really does. Um, he really wants to get better. Um, you know, that first year, or my last year there, he was a little bit of in a development stage. Um, you know, I think going from high school to college, it's, it's a lot different. Um, the speed of the game is – um, a lot different um, and there's so many varieties of you know the differences and I think uh, JT was kind of in that development stage where he wasn't quite ready yet and then you know with coach banks Jeff banks is you know obviously a tremendous coach and he gets all the tight ends you know ready to go every week and such a good development coach as well and you, you saw it last year right um, came out the gates you know early catching touchdowns you know I think he set the Tight end reception, receiving like season record or something like that. Um, so he's he's a talented player, man. Um, I'm excited what he's going to do this year. I think he's, um, you know, obviously very talented, and you know, future's bright with him.
0: Yeah, banks. Uh,
2: banks. Go oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to talk about Gunner. Um, yeah, Gunner Helm. Gunner. Out. Uh, yeah, Gunner's also very talented. Um, you know, very smart guy. Um, you know, loves to get better. He is very physical. I think he's a really good run blocker. Obviously, he's very underrated in the passing game. Um, he's not really you know, talked of as much because of JT, but he's a really good player as well. Him and JT are, um, I think, are going to, you know, affect a lot of DVs a lot of, you know, secondaries this year down the field. So.
0: When you look at Banks, because Banks said that, he kind of jumped JT in spring of last year and said, dude, you've got to pick it up, man. You've got to be more physical. You've got to you, you've got to believe and you've got to deliver. And JT said, Yeah, that was sort of the beginning um, for him. And then this spring, Gunnar Helm went to Banks and said, I'm pissed, man, because I can do everything that JT Sanders can do. I'm probably a better blocker than him, and I'm not getting any targets. And Banks said, yeah, you should be pissed. So keep going, because if he moves on after this year, you're the guy. And keep coming, because your time is coming. What about Banks? Like, How would you describe him as, as a coach? People talk about his special teams meetings, like it's must see, like it's Taylor Swift concert. Good. I
2: mean, what, what's this guy like behind the scenes? He's a fiery guy, man. He really is. Um, he's like, he walks into a 6 a.m. meeting and it seemed like he's just drank like five Red Bulls. Like he's, <laughs> he is high alert all the time, but you know, it wakes us up. It, it creates an energy in the room. Where we're all like, oh, like, oh shit, like, oh crap. We gotta, you know, we gotta listen to this guy, and um, he's he's also a great guy too. I mean, he he see him in the meeting room. He's all hard on you, but you know, he really cares about his players as well. Um, he wants you to get better. Um, he wants you to he wants to challenge you. He wants to you know push you to the extent. So um, he's such a great coach. I, I love that dude. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, take it back on what you said about JT. That's when I was talking about that development stage of uh, his freshman year, he was, you know, wasn't very, you know, physical. I mean, he, he could be. Like, he, he can be. He's, he is right now. And he kind of just had to, you know, instill confidence in himself to, you know, on a divide zone block, you know, go down and, you know, be physical with the guy. And he, he kind of was, you know, left out there in the freshman year and, and that spring. So I think that's why. And then obviously Gunner, he just got to keep his head down, right? Um, Jt is all you know. I think he's, you know, obviously very well talented, but you never know. He could, you know, God forbid, have an have an injury. And then you know, Gunner's the next guy up, and here you are at the big stage, right? So I think he's just got to keep his head down, and uh, and it takes takes one year, man, to have a great year. Like you know, Matt Jones, Anthony Richardson, those guys. They had Anthony Richardson had like thirteen starts. Now he's what fourth pick overall and starting NFL so you just gotta you know keep your head down when it comes to that stuff. so
0: you know I want to ask you because um Sarkeesian loves the two tight ends and he, he uses the tight end for motion a lot and and that's obviously you know sometimes it's to set up a block but a lot of times it's to try to to help the quarterback determine if the defense is in manner zone to see if anyone's going with them. Can you just talk, can you just talk about that? And, and if you think that will change this season with the additions of all this receiver talent, do they go to more, you know, four receiver, one tight end personnel?
2: Yeah. Um, to answer your question about the, um, you know, tight end motions and everything. Um, yeah, he likes to move the tight ends around a lot. Um, obviously, like you said, he wants to see what the defense is doing. That's really the whole purpose of the motion. It's man or zone. Obviously, if DB is traveling with you, it's going to be man. If it's not, they're just rotating. It's going to be zone. So I think adding a motion, if it's tight end or a receiver, it really gives Coach Sark, you know, a feel of what the defense is about to, you know, bring them that play. And, um, to answer your question about the personnel, I think it just all depends on, you know, the talent you have. You got to, you know, practice your offense around the talent you have. So, like, you know, obviously there's a lot of tight end or receiver talent on this team. So, you know, there could be a lot of 11, you know, even 10 personnel, even though Sark doesn't like going 10 personnel. He loves using tight ends. Sark's a – you know, he's a run-first kind of guy. You know, you got to have a successful run game to set up the pass, right? If you can't run the ball, then it's going to be harder to throw the ball, right? So I think that you know establishing the run game is going to open up the pass game because I mean running backs this year we know we lost Rowe and um, Bijan, but I think Jonathan Brooks obviously Keelan's, you know, dangerous on the perimeter. So I think um, I think we'll be fine on the run, but obviously if those there's, there's receivers want to get balls, want to get touchdowns, you got to run the ball first, right? To open the pass, so. But, yeah, it's all prefaced around talent. Uh, It's everywhere. everywhere.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Cade, you obviously were there for Sark's first year, but have you seen a difference just in his mentality or the way he carries himself from the last year you were there, his first season, to coming into his third now?
2: Yeah, I mean, that first year was – his first year was tough. It was tough for me too. Obviously, didn't want to – Leave my Texas career and I go into a bowl game and have a losing season. But, um, yeah, I think that woke him up, obviously. Um, obviously, I'm not in the locker room anymore, so it's kind of hard to, you know, see where he's at now. But I assume that, he, you know, he picked up his, his pace and every, the whole coaching staff has. And, I you know, obviously being a coach at Texas comes with a lot of pressure. So I think he's handled that really well. And, you know, I think the first year was, you know, a great learning lesson for him. And not only for him, the whole coaching staff, all the players, um, you know, there needed to be a change in that locker room as well. There's a lot of guys that, you know, didn't care. Um, a lot of guys that, um, you know, didn't buy into what Coach Stark was doing. I think now you saw last year some flashes, but now I think they're, you know, the guys are buying in and I think it's going to be, you know, a very successful season. So yeah,
0: Yeah. follow up on that a little bit, Cade, because I think people, you know, it, it was such a weird beginning. I mean, the, the season looked like it was going well and way up on Oklahoma and then they come back and then up on Oklahoma state, they come back up on Baylor, they come back and then it just kind of, you know, slid. And, and so it looked like there were guys who were starting to hang their head and, and was that residual from not having the kind of success that the team wanted to have under Tom Herman Um, and all the change in coaches, even Herman had changed coaches just before that last season. And guys are like, man, I learned one system. Now I got to learn another system. Um, What do you think that was?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, I think we started out four and one and going into Oklahoma and, it to a hot start. I mean, we're like, yeah, we got this locked up. Um, then, you know, obviously that happens. They come back, unbelievable. You know, obviously Caleb Williams comes in, generational guy. You know, that's that. But I think just, you know, losing that game really hurt and it kind of just carried on throughout the season. You know, then I think we lost like five in a row. And, you know, after that second or third loss, we just, you know, the locker room kind of just fell apart a little bit. Um, you know, people really weren't believing in the team anymore. They kind of, you know, moved on the next year. Um, you know, I'm going to transfer. All you know all the, all these, you know, talks in the locker room, that was negative. And I think that's why it was, you know, declined so much because there wasn't enough belief. Like, there were some guys believing, you know, wasn't everybody. But, you know, majority of that locker room wasn't, you know, filled with the guys that were bought in and wanted to, you know, in that season, you know, on a high note. So I think, um, you know, it, it was tough um, being in that locker room. I mean, in that that year was just it was it was a tough year. So, um, but I, I think they uh, they got it turned around. I, I can feel it. Uh, I really can. It's a lot of different. A lot of different feeling. I know I'm not in the locker room, but um, you can just tell. Just being an outsider, it, it's going to be a lot of different feeling this year. So.
1: Yeah, Some of the and, guys and Kay- you- oh, go ahead, Zay. Appreciate it. What, Kane? What made you stay? Because obviously, you easily could have left. Your coach just got fired, Tom Herman, and now they're bringing in Steve Sarkeesian. You could have easily left to uh, who knows where. I'm sure you were getting calls and guys were, you know, recruiting you and stuff. What went into the process of you saying, you know what, I want to buy into what Sark's doing here for my last year and ride it out as a Texas Longhorn?
2: Yeah, I think that. I wanted to prove myself personally for another year. Um, I think that, you know, I didn't get as much attention that I thought I should have. And I wanted to prove, um, you know, just come back another year and prove myself, put more film, you know, for other coaches to see. And, you know, just wanted to, like I said, prove myself again and believe that I can be that top tier NFL talent. Um, that was reason for me personally. Then, um yeah, and Saur so came in. I really believed in what he was doing. Um, obviously, that offense at Alabama that last year was pretty incredible. So, you know, I think he – I thought he was going to – you know, instill a great offense in what he did. And it was perfect for a tight end. So, I was like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, rock this last year and, um, you know, buy all in. And Coach Banks, too. Coach Banks actually recruited me when he was at Texas A&M. Uh, he offered me when he's a compiling coach at Texas AM. and So I already had like a relationship with him and he was coming on board. And that was like another, you know, big reason I wanted to stay as well. So, um, but yeah, there was a lot of factors all tied in together, but there's probably the two biggest reasons. I guess yeah. You're...
0: I mean, you look at, uh, you look at what Sark has going now. And one thing that I think people, and maybe you have a thought on this. Is they see Sark does an unbelievable job scripting plays, especially at the beginning of the game, does a good job getting the offense into rhythm. And then in the second half, sometimes it looks like he's trying to figure it out. And, you know, he's brought in Joe D. Camillus, longtime NFL special teams guy, who's going to help him with game management. What do you think that is? You know, he's got a lot on his plate. I mean, he's calling the yeah. plays. He's trying to oversee the whole operation. What are your, what are your thoughts on, on Sark in the second half of games?
2: Well, you know, throughout the game, obviously, we always start the game out. We have 10 scripted plays, maybe more, and we start the game out with that. And obviously, we're going to have the fast starts. And, you know, defenses will change what they do than what we saw on film. So you got to make those, you know, halftime in-game adjustments in the second half that you didn't see, like on that week prep, uh, prepping for the game. So I think that is, you know, a big hurdle any coach has to go through is, you know, defenses are going to, you know, change what what they're going to look like uh, defensively. And you got to change your game plan to fit that and to beat it. So I think that was the um, you know biggest hurdle is um, with that. But you know, obviously, that's not the only reason. You know, I think that can some of it falls on the players too. It's not all the coaches. And um, but I think that is the biggest reason. You know, defenses are going to change throughout the game. and You got to make those adjustments. And sometimes, you know, you don't practice it during the week, so you don't have enough repetitions to, uh, you know, ultimately successfully do the play. So, um, but, yeah.
0: How about your boy Jalen Ford? I mean, the guy, they were trying to convince – coaches were trying to convince him, you're good. Like, you need to play with confidence. You're ready. And then he sacks Bryce Young in the second quarter against – Against Alabama last year, and man, it was like the floodgates open.
2: Yeah, Jalen, he's he came in. I think 2020 is that correct? Yeah, uh, yeah, he came in. He was he was good, man. Um, he was a really really athletic, um, really talented, and I think his first couple years, he was just kind of that development stage. Um, know not quite bought in yet um kind of deal then you know obviously you saw flashes of it in 2021 and obviously last year he you know the red sea part in here he is you know um getting all these accolades and everything so yeah the dude's really talented really you know good player smart guy um you know obviously he's bought in now Uh, i think he's going to be a in the league for a lot of years, he's just that type of player, and um, he's experienced now, so I think that really helps with him. And uh, he's got a lot of good people around him, good coaches, and he's he's balling, man, he really is.
0: What are you most excited to see about this team on on Saturday, and and you know, obviously leading up to this this trip to Alabama?
2: Um, I'm I'm excited to see the offense. I really am. I, I'm excited to see Quinn. You know, he was basically um, – he hadn't played since his junior year of high school. This was his last year, really, because he, was, he skipped senior year and then didn't play at Ohio State. Um, so I'm excited to see what he's going to do under a year year under his belt. Um, I think he's going to come out firing confident. Um, you know, he's kind of got a little fresh start to him, cut down the mullet, um, kind of cleaned up a little bit. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I'm excited to see the offense. Um, I'm an offensive guy, so I always like seeing them. Um, you know, it's offensive line looking good. Got my boy Jake Majors at the center. Um, Christian Jones still there. I think it's sixth year. Yeah, um, sixth a long, year. Long time, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, a long time. Uh, but he's – Christian's a good dude. Um, I don't know any other guys. But, yeah, I think we're, we're, we're solid this year. I really do. What about T Sweat? I mean, everything we're hearing is the guy is just turned into uh, an animal. He's always been an animal. I mean, he's so big. He's like a big teddy bear. He really, like he's so nice, like off the field. Like he's such a friendly guy. But when you're on the field, he's totally different. Um, he's back to his, you know, you know, you know, self. Um, but he's just so big; it's hard to contain him. And he's gotten so much better, too. Like, I can tell just watching him film. He's worked on his technique. Uh, he's gotten stronger. Um, he's probably gotten bigger, too. But I remember he walked in his freshman year. And I was like, damn, this guy's big. Like, he's, <laughs> like he's huge. Um, but yeah, he'll be, he'll play in the league for a while, too. He's just, he's just built for the NFL. Like, he's, his size is unreal. But great player, though. Great player. I'm excited for him as well. Him and Byer are going to tear it up.
0: you got to get Jake Majors to take you around in this Lamborghini. He just uh, did a deal with Lam- Lamborghini Austin. Big I mean, time. Who is this guy, man? I mean, I mean can I got, he even just, fit in the Lamborghini?
2: Oh, I got grief. the Urus. Yeah. I got that, the Uris. Um, that's crazy. It's, all stuff is insane. Um, I wish I was I had it a little bit longer. I mean Sam would have got who knows what he would have yeah. got Sam Ellinger than Arch obviously. But um yeah, it's an out health stuff, it's it's crazy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Hey, hey, Cade, you know, you being a Lake Travis guy, what's it like seeing all of these, you know, guys from Central Texas make it to the NFL, from Garrett Wilson to guys like Deuce Vaughn, how you just mentioned Sam Ellinger. But, you know, the Central Texas area doesn't get the love like the San Antonio, Dallas's, and Houston's. What's it mean for those guys to be doing it big on the next level, representing this area? Yeah,
2: it's, it's crazy. Um, obviously, Lake Travis has had a bunch of guys and still has a bunch of guys in the NFL. I think we have, obviously, Garrett, Baker, Mayfield. Um, Brennan Hymus is another one who plays for the Chargers. Um, so, yeah, and obviously, Deuce Vaughn. There's a lot of Sam. Obviously, a lot of guys repping the Austin area, Central Texas area. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy to see. Um, you know, I think Austin wasn't really – Know, and to be like a high school, obviously like Travis Westlake are probably the two, you know, biggest powerhouses in Austin. Um, but you know, it's pretty cool to see you know how how much it's grown uh, just around you know high school football area, around the Austin area and guys in the league. And, um, it's pretty wild. I know uh, a lot of people in the league that's close with, and it's it's pretty crazy. Um, Cameron Dicker, I forgot. Forgot my yeah. boy Cameron Dicker. That's <laughs> uh, so right. He's gonna be mad at me. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's wild to think that you know, growing up these guys playing with them now, they're making millions in the NFL. So um, it's cool, man. Really cool. Well, Cade, man, um, really appreciate it, man. Don't
0: don't be a stranger. Let's let's continue the conversation. Uh, yeah. Throughout the season.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to be on anytime. Um, appreciate y'all having me on or cool to talk to. So, yeah, well appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. Keep up, keep,
0: up, keep up the good work and uh, oh, yeah. we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. All right. There he is. Cade Brewer, a lifetime Longhorn, of course, former tight end, good insights into um, his time at Texas and Steve Sarkeesian and, um, all kinds of uh of goodies there um and say we're just gonna keep the uh keep the hits coming because i think our man uh john mcclain um is ready to to join us let me see if uh if john is is yeah, there good john McClain, how you doing or, oh, uh, ah! right, some technical good. difficulties. We'll, uh,
3: I didn't know. Dude. Oh, there he is.
0: John McClain. We got you now.
3: I'm fine, guys. How are you?
0: Good. How's, uh, how's, how's it for you? I'm good. Uh Oh, keeps going in and out.
3: I'm not a lifelong, long arm.
0: Well, I don't know what's, I don't know if our connection, I don't know what's happening, but we, uh. We got you back now, my friend. I said Um,
3: I'm not a lifelong Longhorn. Right. And I will say right off the bat, I'm very bitter. If someone (laughs) grew up on the Southwest Conference that the Longhorns are bolting for the SEC, I know the poor old Longhorns need all the money they can get. They have (laughs) no money. And I don't know any fan that I know in Houston that's happy they're going because all those millions of dollars don't trickle down to the fans. And if they can't win a Big 12, how in the world are they going to win the SEC? They're not. Now, they're heavily favored again, and everybody wants to be – I don't care about the Sooners. I don't give a rat's ass about Oklahoma. But as someone who grew up with the Longhorns, when I was a little kid, in the 1963 game in which Don Truel was intercepted by Duke Carlisle in the end zone for a 7-3 Longhorn victory i was listening on the radio with my dad and i started crying when they lost and my dad said son actually said john craig if you're going to be a baylor fan there's three things in life you're going to have to understand and i said what's that daddy he said death (laughs) taxes and texas well i didn't know what he meant but it's funny because that was in 63 11 years later I was doing a Longhorns dressing room story at the Miracle on the Brazos at Baylor Stadium. And, uh, and earlier, 1960, when my good buddy, Longhorn Bob Moses, was MVP, 61, of the Cotton Bowl victory over Ole Miss, I was, uh, my parents had a bunch of old black and white TVs. They had their friends bring up, brought over to watch the game. And our grandparents lived in Biloxi, and I liked the colors of old Miss's uniform. And uh, when old Miss came out on TV, I started clapping. And my mother picked me up, put me, took me to the bedroom. We had two bedrooms, one bath. She put me on the edge of the bed and said, honey, if if you're gonna watch college football, you never pick against the university when they're playing somebody out of state. And I said, well, I like Grandpa Jack's uh, team. And she said, you can't do that when the university is playing Somebody outside of the state, like in the cotton bowl. And if I said, but I thought we hated the longhorns, she said we do, <laughs> except when they're playing somebody from out of state. And if you can't understand that, just stay in here. So I spent the whole cotton bowl in the bedroom and I missed Bob Moses being voted MVP.
0: <laughs> wow. Oh, I love it, John McClain. Um, and look, you can find John, longtime columnist. Uh, for the Houston Chronicle, and now is uh, – I mean, he's still a, a Hall of Fame voter um, and knows the NFL better than anyone.
3: Would it be easier for me just to just tell people where I am so you don't have to read it?
0: Well, yeah, tell everyone where you are, John.
3: I don't, i retired from the Chronicle so I could get my pension and start doing commercials in my radio station. <laughs> I write four columns a week for sportsradio610.com. There's no paywall. I do – Three Utopia Football Cup podcasts a week and six appearances there. And it's McLean underscore on underscore NFL. And I appreciate you guys having me. Chip's always great to be back on radio, StreamYard, where all you are now that you've grown up.
0: Well, I I appreciate that, John. And um, I love your perspective. And um, I want to get your thoughts on Gil Brandt here in a second. But uh, Dana Holgerson, Fired some shots at Texas and Texas A&M this week on his on his weekly radio show, saying they don't want us, we don't want them, screw them, they can go wherever they want. how How's uh, How's Dana doing? He's got a he's got a tough one against UTSA and Jeff Trailer this week.
3: And they're rebuilding. They have new quarterback. They lost Clayton Tune, a good start for the Cardinals because they're tanking. They lost Tank Dell, who was his exciting college football player in the country, and now the Texans have big plans for the 5'8", 165-pound tank, who's been fabulous in training camp and preseason. But Dana Holgerson right now, that thing about the Longhorns and Aggies, got about 15 minutes of pub, because right now, University of Houston has created a huge controversy, because they're wearing Oiler uniforms in the first game against UTSA. And they sprung that surprise on everybody with a very cool video narrated about Carl Lewis, and it was about Houston and the University of Houston, and at the end of it, they start showing this red, red, white, and blue stripe, and then the Columbia blue jerseys, and I'll guarantee you people in Nashville where the Titans don't like it because they said nobody in writing with Bud Adams, nobody could ever do that again without approval. I can't imagine the it gave him the approval but i think what dean Olgerson said about texas is is way everybody else feels you know i think this i equate longhorns uh, after being a baylor grad watching the longhorns beat up on the bears for so long going against the longhorns year after year it's like playing golf you might play 17 bad holes and you hate it but you birdie 18 you can't wait to get back out there. And that's what beating Longhorns <laughs> is like, birdieing the 18th hole. It makes everything else not seem so bad. And uh, I i feel bad feeling the way I do because so many of my friends are Longhorns. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, going to the SEC and not playing Baylor every year, I'll be keeping a close eye on the burn orange. And, uh, boy, if, if they can't win any sooner than they had – now, 2009, that's going to be ugly. I've been telling them, I've been doing doing Nashville radio for 27 years. And I told them, I said, guys, Longhorn's going to be running the SEC. Oh, uh, no, nobody tells us what to do. You know, Alabama and Georgia run the SEC. And I've been telling them that. I said, that's why Nebraska bolted. AM bolted because of <laughs> Longhorn Network. I said, they're going to tell you what to do. And this year, Uh, Right before the season, nobody tells us what to do. I said, "Well, why did they get SEC Media Days moved to Dallas?" And they're like, "Well, um, uh, uh," I said because the Longhorns are going to run the SEC, (laughs) and they will, and you guys know it."
0: I love it. I love it. Okay, well, you are a proud Baylor alum. Say something. That's right. And Texas is going to open Big Twelve play against Baylor. What? What are you expecting from from uh, Dave Aranda and the Bears this year?
3: I have not liked the way Baylor hadn't gotten into the big transfer portal. With They have players, but they don't have better players. And they have one quarterback, Blake Shapin, They have two transfers. Shaping gets hurt. He was really good before he had a concussion last year. They always have running backs. Last year they had every offensive alignment back, and their offensive line was terrible and now they've got some new guys. Couldn't be any worse. Their defensive line's good, and I think Aranda's a good coach. And Jeff Grimes is a good offensive coordinator. Everybody thinks Baylor has one more good season. Like two years ago, Grimes will be gone, but uh, I, I think that the Longhorns are loaded with talent. We all know that. Quinn, year is supposed to be a number one pick in what's supposed to be a great and deep draft for quarterbacks. They got other... Talent worthy of being first-round picks, and um, but fact is, still in my title since 2009. And but I think the Longhorns have the best team because Sarkisian is a good coach and a great coach, but a good one. And they they got talent. You know they always have talent. And I think Tech with 10 starters back on offense, and along with TCU, because people kind of forget. Max Duggan never would have been a quarterback for the Frogs last year if Chandler Morris hadn't been hurt. Two years ago, I watched Morris just eviscerate Baylor. And I thought, wow, this kid's going to be great. He didn't do anything the rest of the year. And then he got hurt last year. So he's the starter again. I think Dykes proved he's a hell of a coach. He got a lot of transfers. So I think Tech and TCU are going to be fighting it out for second place behind the Longhorns.
1: Yeah, John, Dave Aranda, he didn't embrace the transfer portal, and he said that he regretted that at Big 12 Media Day, and he did a lot better in going in the transfer portal for 2023. Let me ask you about the Texans a little bit. D'Amico Ryan's coming into year one, and we know he's a big Texans guy playing there and stuff, but the defense that he had in San Francisco, it seemed like at every position they had an all-pro pro-bowl type player like Warner and Hufanga and Bosa. Not as much talent, even though he has a the of guys in Petrie and, you know, bringing in Will Anderson. How do you think D'Amico Ryans is going to fare his first year here in H-Town?
3: Anybody saw the Texans the last two years knows why David Cully and Livvy Smith got fired after one year. Every team that had an opening, five of them, wanted to talk to D'Amico. He turned down three, interviewed with Denver, and here. He said this was his dream job. They played his first season, six seasons here. Great player, great guy in the locker room, a captain. He married a Houston woman. They had their kids here. They were building their dream home here. They started a home for wayward boys during the pandemic here, uh, even though he had no clue where he was going to end up. He just loves Houston. So Denver made a late run at him and offered $2 million more a year than the Texans were giving him over a six-year deal. And he told his agent, no, I want to go to Houston. There's plenty of money. So – People here have embraced him so much. Former players have, current players have. Uh, they really go off to a bad start because Bill O'Brien traded one, number one two years in a row and number two one of those years. Now they got three starting offensive linemen out for the first couple of games up to the season. Kenyon Green, 15th overall pick last year from A&M at left guard. Disappointment on our head-shoulder surgery this week rookie center, Juice Scruggs, I.R. got to miss at least four games and a right tackle. Titus Howard has a broken hand, and they don't know when he'll be back. See, a rookie coach, a rookie quarterback, and a rookie play caller going to Baltimore, legitimate Super Bowl contender. I do not understand why the line is still nine and a half. I told my wife if we were betters, and we're not, I would bet this house might bet her on the Ravens (laughs) nine and a half because i'm so sure it's going to be ugly then they come home and play the colts and anthony richardson i think they'll beat the colts but uh they couldn't have picked. i'll say a worse game i think it's good for stroud to go in this kind of atmosphere right off the bat and people go oh it's going to be so hard for him i say give me a break he's played in crowds of over a hundred thousand regularly in the big 12 he'll barely hear the people that in in Baltimore seventy thousand. So I think if they could win three more games and win six, that would be that would get people going. Aha! This team is finally after three bad years on the way to turning it around.
1: Man, John, if I ever said I bet my wife on anything, I'd be sleeping on the couch. Man, you're a bigger man than me. I already man. do. O'Shea, O'Shea listen, <laughs> that's
0: a hot take right there. That's a hot take. I love it. Talking to John McClain, you can read him, read him at sportsradio610.com. He's he's pumping out column after column. He is uh, the voice of reason on Houston sports. Now that our man Brad Kellner is back in Austin on Texas sports unfiltered. John, what do you think of CJ Stroud? Like you've been around him. You've had a chance to, to, you know, take, take him in um, and, and will Anderson as well. What do you what do you make of those two?
3: Will Anderson Jr. is the leading candidate for defensive rookie of the year, like Bijan Robinson is the leading candidate for offensive rookie of the year. And the Texans haven't had a guy get double digit sacks since JJ White had 16 in 2018. So they traded up dearly to get him in the third spot, but they also still have one first, second, third round picks next year. And uh, Anderson has been tremendous. Stroud's going to be like all rookies. He's going to be on a roller coaster. He's going to be up. He's going to be down early in camp and preseason. He struggled and he turned it around. What impresses me the most about him is his ball placement, how accurate he is, whether he's rolling out or whether he's throwing. He throws some dimes. Unfortunately for him, he doesn't have a great receiver. Tank Dell, the rookie from Houston, is the only player on their team who's capable of going the distance every time he touches the ball. So they have question marks wide receiver Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys. Good addition as a pass receiving tight end. But I think uh, early in the season, especially in a game of Baltimore, he's going to hear a lot of people yelling duck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and you mentioned Dalton Schultz leaving the Cowboys to go to the Texans. Brandon cooks is now with the Cowboys. What, what kind of player is are the Cowboys getting in Brandon Cooks?
3: Brandon can still play. He's still fast. He's a good guy, but he got mad last year when his good buddy Jack Easterby got fired about three years too late. And he basically quit on the team. And uh they took away his captaincy. They knew he he played near the end of the year. He wanted to be traded. He got mad when they didn't trade him to the Cowboys at the trade deadline. And then they did him a favor. They traded him to the Cowboys for like a uh Uh, Italian hoagie. And so he'll, he'll contribute up there. He'll help Dak Prescott and uh, he'll be fun to watch. Even at 31, the fact it's his fifth team.
0: Yeah. And John, I got to ask you about Gil Brandt because my gosh, he was a football Oracle. And, and I, I tried to get him to let me write his book for the last 25 years. And I'm worried that he didn't tell all the stories to someone. Um, but gosh, Gil Brand, you, you had a, the best view of, of his impact. Um, your thoughts.
3: Um, uh, up until two years ago, every May, I would go to Colleyville between Dallas and Fort Worth and spend a weekend with a friend of mine, an attorney. And uh, he asked me, he said, do you want to invite some friends over and we'll cook and, have wine and beer, whatever they want. So I invited Gil Brandt every year, I invited late CEO Bacato, Titan Scout, good friends of him, Mike Renfro. There are different people up there we bring over and just listen to him talk and tell stories. And Gil talking about the formation of the Cowboys, talking about one of the things he did that I thought was so smart is he kept a car full of Cowboys. Bumper stickers, jerseys, everything, pom-poms, everything he could get with Cowboys. And if Gil was driving down a street in Dallas and he saw kids on a playground, he would get out and go up there with all this cowboy stuff and give it to them because he wanted the word to be spread about the Cowboys. I watched every game they played from the first one in 1960 till I started working for Dave Campbell to wake up Tribune Tribunero when I was a junior at Baylor. And I never missed a game. And Gil, you know, they talked about the computer scouting. The computer didn't tell them who to draft. It gave them, like, analytics before anybody knew what it was about players, gave them more information about players. And they used them wisely. And they made some great trades. Tex Schramm always got credit for making the trades as general manager. But Tex was a former media guy, a PR guy. And he listened to Gil. And he listened to Tom Landry. So basically Landry's signed off and Gil made the recommendations. And listening to Gil tell stories about traveling around the country to places I still never heard of and how he got there in rentals, car rentals. like I was honored to present Chuck Howley, who had never been a finalist for the Pro Football of Fame 50 years after he retired. Last year, I'm on the Seniors Committee. He made, he made the list of 15 so i asked the hall of fame can i present him and uh they said sure so i reached out to some former cowboys including gill Gil was in a hospital and we thought Gil was going to die then. and his wife sarah called me back and said gill wants to talk to you about chuck so i could barely understand it but i could make it out because chuck alley was the seventh pick of the bears and he blew out his knee in his second training camp went back to Wheeling, West Virginia, and started working at a gas station. And after a year, Gil had scouted him, and Gill called him up and said, are you staying in shape? Do you still want to play football? How's your knee? And Howley said, yes, I'm still working out. So Gil went up there, and he met with him, worked him out, and made the trade with the Bears, and it turned out to be one of the great moves that they made. You know, he took basketball players like Cornell Green. He just he had an eye for scouting that was pretty damn good for a guy that had made his living as a baby photographer.
0: How about that? That's incredible. He was a baby photographer?
3: That's what Gill was doing. He met, met Tex, and he did some part-time work for Tex when Tex was the uh, general manager of the Rams before he went to CBS. And some guy named Rose Hill took uh, Tex's place as the Rams' GM.
0: Wow. I mean, Gil it was unbelievable. I, I told this story yesterday. You know, in 2004, Texas had Roy Williams in the draft and Nate Vasher, and um, and he says, you know who's going to be the, the longhorn who plays the longest in the NFL in this draft class? And I'm like, Vasher? And he's like, nope, Cullen Leffler, the long snapper. <laughs> and and he's he right. was- I'll
3: tell you another story he told me he said when uh, first year they had the cheerleaders when they moved into Texas Stadium the media had asked is a big deal as you guys can imagine I can remember y'all too young and what a big deal it was to have professional cheerleaders especially ones as good looking and as skimpily clad at the time <laughs> as the cowboy cheerleaders were. <laughs> So they asked Landry after the first home preseason game where he thought cheerleaders, he called them porn queens. And so a couple of days later, Tag Schramm asked Landry to come up to his office and Landry went up there and Tex closed the door. The room was dark, turned on his projector, pulled down a film. And Landry's watching a projector and the, the the screen. And then Landry's like covers his eyes and goes, oh no, what is that? And Tex says, Tom, that's a porn queen. <laughs> <laughs> Gil had so many great stories, it was unbelievable.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That, miss. Is, that is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And um, Speaking of the
1: Cowboys, John, how do you think they're going to be this year? Obviously, Jerry and Steven, they've made some good moves. You just talked about Brandon Cooks and getting guys like Stephon Gilmore. We know what Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs bring to the table. But how do you think the Cowboys are going to be this year with all the expectation that they
3: have? First of all, I think Deuce Vaughn is going to be so much fun to watch because you guys, like me, you watched him in the Big 12 for Kansas State. People think he's just some little guy who can't run between the tackles, but he does. I think he's going to be so exciting, kind of like Tank Dell is for Houston. I thought they would have had, since Pollard's coming off a major injury, a back like Zeke Elliott, who we could say he's going to take the heat off Tony Pollard. And uh, I think receiver's good, defense is great. I think I give Dak Prescott a lot more respect than a lot of people seem to. Jerry just made one of the dumbest trades in the history of sports. If indeed he thinks that when Dak Prescott needs to redo his contract next year, he's going to go, Oh my God, Trey Lance is behind me. They may start Trey Lance. I better give him a team friendly deal. That is ridiculous, preposterous. One of the dumbest things I've ever heard. If Kyle Shanahan gave up three ones, doesn't want a guy who can't beat out Sam Darnold as a backup quarterback. And if D'Amico Ryans, who was there for each of Trey Lance's uh, days that he was with the 49ers and Bobby Slowick, who was Kyle Shanahan's right-hand man, they tried to trade him here before the draft. If they didn't want him, Why does Jerry Jones all of a sudden think he's going to help the Cowboys? Looks to me like they should have hung on to Will Greer or we know Dak Prescott's got a future as a play caller because Will Greer just had one of the greatest games in the history of preseason. And now where do he go, Cincinnati? I can't remember where Will Greer went. That
1: sounds right.
3: Somebody claimed him and put him on their practice squad, but I don't like that move. You know, Cooper Rush 4-1 if Dak gets hurt. Nobody's repeated in that division ever. So I'm picking the Cowboys to win the division, the Eagles to finish second. Everybody's picking the Eagles. No team other than New England has gone back to the Super Bowl after it lost since the Steelers in the 90s. So the odds are against Philadelphia going to the Super Bowl. But uh, I don't think the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. It seems like three three quarters of the nation don't even remember them the Cowboys being in the Super Bowl, what was it 27 years ago? Yeah.
2: But I think mm. it's going to be
3: good. I don't think Mike McCarthy's on a hot seat. Jerry's very patient with his coaches. You win 12 and 12, where are they going to fire him if he wins 12 again? But uh, I think it's going to be fun. And if they stay healthy on defense, they can be prolific. Not doomsday prolific, but they could be prolific.
0: Well, John, you're amazing at predicting who's going to be in the Super Bowl. So – do you have, your, you have your picks?
3: I'm going to do a picks column next week on sportsradio610.com where my columns are, no paywall. And I think just to be a little different, I'm going to pick Baltimore instead of Cincinnati. Everybody's picking Cincinnati. I think it's going to be so much better in the AFC, so much harder because great teams, Chiefs. You know, nobody's repeated as Patriots after those two seasons as champions. So I'm going to go with Baltimore. Lamar Jackson has only won one playoff game. I think he's going to have a lot to prove, and the next thing he can do is to win another playoff game or two. And in the NFC, it's it, I don't want to pick Philadelphia. I can't pick the Cowboys. Nobody from the South. It's <laughs> pathetic. And from the AFC North, I'm not. I love Dan Campbell, even though he's naggy. I think what he's doing in Detroit is good. So uh, I'm going to pick Seattle because last year when we all thought they were going to bottom out, they were very good. They got coaching. They got general manager. They've had two great drafts in a row. And somehow they've made Geno Smith into a much better quarterback. So to be different, I'm going to say Baltimore and Seattle. If you put my feet to the fire, I would say San Francisco because it came so close last year. And I think I would still stick with Baltimore.
0: Okay. And the Jets, what do you think with Aaron Rodgers and <clears throat> and him throwing a Garrett Wilson like he's uh, Devontae Adams?
3: Not many guys have been able to get their own PR show for an hour every week like Aaron Rodgers <laughs> has. And that's all Hard Knocks is, the Aaron Rodgers show. He's such a great guy. He <laughs> must be the media making up all of – negative stories about him in Green Bay, I think that they're going to be a great story. Rodgers is the best things happened to the New York Giants. If Rodgers wasn't there, all the fans and media in New York would be talking about the Giants trying to go back to the playoffs when they were very fortunate last year. I don't have them going to the playoffs this year, but I think the Jets are going to overthrow Buffalo, Buffalo second, Miami third, New England a distant fourth. The AFC East and the AFC North, those are the two of the toughest divisions top to bottom I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's gonna be that's gonna be must see TV in the uh in the AFC East. John, uh, great stuff, my friend. Um we gotta make this a, a regular occasion. Um love the conversation.
3: Thank you. It's fun being on with you guys. Chip, Zay, thank you very much for having me.
0: There he is. Thanks, John. Um, appreciate you.
3: And I'd like to say good luck to the Longhorns, but sorry, I can't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> can't do it. the last time they played Baylor for a very long time,
0: John, so cherish it.
3: I will. See you, guys. Thank you.
0: All right, John McClain, read him at sportsradio610.com. Um, the guy's a legend, NFL Hall of Fame voter. I mean, you heard it. All the stories talking to Gil Brandt. Um, that's that's what I'm talking about, Zay.
1: Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah.
0: yeah. Yo, John coming in hot.
1: Baltimore, Seattle. Whoa, that's man, that would be some crazy stuff right there. Baltimore, they got Monkin over there from Georgia. He's their yep. new offensive coordinator. And Lamar Jackson, I love him. I know he's dynamic, former Heisman Trophy winner, former MVP. But the way that he plays, like he's going to have to make some more throws for me because there's some throws that – I don't think he can make on a consistent basis if you're looking at the Justin Herberts, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allens of the world, all guys in his division that he's going to have to go through in order to get to Vegas in the Super Bowl. But, man, he's been injured these last few years, and I think it has a lot to do with the way he plays, like him being fleet of foot, putting the ball on the deck and running and stuff. Like He's done a better job at sliding, but – I don't know. Instincts always come into play, Chip. Like you could say you want to stay in the pocket and try to make all the throws. That's one thing. But when you got, you know, T.J. Watt coming after you two times a season, like them instincts are going to take over and you're going to try to get the first down no matter what. And that's using your feet. And sometimes the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, they could get in trouble because he just takes too many hits to last the whole season.
0: Yeah. I mean, you look at, Lamar Jackson, what he won the uh, MVP in 2019, um, and and I always do this with the guys who are good on their feet is I just start to look at are they are they still you know getting out and and doing it and his rushing numbers have fallen off dramatically he ran for 1200 yards in that MVP season in 2019 oh man and he ran for a thousand yards in 2020 then it was 767 yards in 2021 and 764 and the touchdown runs have dropped and and it's because of what you just said Zay I mean you take enough hits you you're making big money you're it's business decisions after a while. And once you've been hurt, man, it's Dak Prescott's not running for first downs the way he used to. I don't know. It's going to be interesting because it's, it's that, that happens when you're a young quarterback, you're kind of fearless and you're playing on your rookie contract. Once you get the big money, which Lamar has now business decisions. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, that's always going to be a threat. Like when these defensive coordinators prepare for him, they always have to look at his feed of doing damage. But you saw with Russell Wilson last year, like that dude, whenever guys were, weren't open, he would get the first down himself and run for it. And just it would be so deflating for defenses because you're like, oh, man, we got everybody covered. Oh, there goes this guy running for 15 yards on a third and 13. Like, those are the heartbreaking plays that could really deflate a defense. And, man, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., does he have a lot left? This is a guy who's been hurt a lot even though he's as dynamic as he's been throughout his career as of late. I mean, going back to that Super Bowl for the Rams, like this dude, he gets hurt all the time. So if that's your number one guy, I do like Zay Flowers from, from uh, Boston College. I like him a lot. I think he's going to be a Tyreek Hill type guy in the league. And obviously Devin Duvernay, the Texas alum, is there. And if he's your number three, that's a pretty good number three. But yeah, it all depends on Lamar Jackson and his health and maybe Monken coming over from Georgia maybe he'd give those guys some new life but man I don't know if I could agree with Mr. McClain on them going to the Super Bowl I just think there are too many other good teams especially in that division haven't even mentioned Jacksonville and what they have with Trevor Lawrence you know bringing in somebody like Calvin Ridley that are gonna make life very difficult for the Ravens but like John said that AFC North and the AFC
0: East absolute gauntlet well we are exactly 24 hours from kickoff for the texas longhorns to their season so let's uh let's get back into uh some longhorns conversation but i want i do have to tell you about my man tom mckay and audio visual consultations because it's football season folks and if you've been thinking about upgrading to that bigger screen tv Just write down this phone number, write it down right now, or better yet, just punch it into your phone and call it 512-255-8678. Because once you make that call, that's it. Tom McKay is going to take care of everything else from there because AV consultations, the beauty of AV consultations is they, Tom and his crew bring everything to you from the, from the free consultation to installation. You're busy. You got things to do. So just let them come in precision. They're going to make everything perfect. You want surround sound. You want, you know, surveillance. You want electronic shades. Tom and his crew bring it all to you. You just sit back, relax, as he likes to say. Spend time with your kids. He used to say make love to your wife, but that was kind of awkward. And so he doesn't say that anymore. I think his daughter kind of shamed him out of saying it. (laughs) Um, <laughs> love you, Tom. I know you're listening. Um, but Tom's always AV consultations have put all the TVs in my house and they're the best. And they, they put them in all the best, you know, all your favorite restaurants. So just call this number 512-255-8678 and let Tom and his crew bring everything to you. Yeah man, absolutely.
1: Shout out to Tom and also shout out to Covert Auto Group, Covert B Cave. We were over there this morning. Oh, Bucky and Trey and BK talking to Dan Covert and the crew, getting ready for a great football season. Go check out Bucky and BK tomorrow from 12 to 2. Or they will be there before that from 10 or from 11 to 12, meeting and greeting, chopping it up with everybody. Then the pregame show on Texas Sports Unfiltered would be over at Covert B Caves from 12 to 2 with Bucky and BK. And yeah, man, it's beautiful over there, Chip. I mean, just state of the yard, 42 acres is right up on the hill. And you see all the beautiful vehicles and all the great deals. They're still running great summer deals. So you can check that out at CovertBcave.com from buick gmc cadillac chrysler dodge jeep and ram they can get you right in the vehicle that you need so you can look fly on the road so check out covert bk's and covert auto group great partner of ours here at texas sports unfiltered
0: yeah and uh and dr eckert eckert dentistry i mean um, he's austin's dentist so whether you need a cleaning or you need some work done. You want to get that smile that you've always wanted. Dr. Eckert can do it all. Cosmetic dentistry, um, you know, advanced dentistry, sports dentistry. He's got BrainVault, BrainVault.com, the patented mouth guard uh, that's been proven to reduce the effects of concussion. So um, you want dentistry, you just call 512-345-3166. Um, or go to drekert.com and of course it's D-R-U-E-C-K-E-R-T.com. Um, and if you're a, a coach or a parent or a grandparent with a football player and you want to get that Brain Vault mouth guard, then just go to BrainVault.com and set up a fitting. So um, appreciate all of our sponsors, you know, um, Allstat Brewery, Top Gun, Rentals and lawn equipment, last stand hats, uh, woods, um, A.C. and repair. Um, relax the back. 7-Eleven, baby, get your, get your Slurpee get on. Slurpees, me. man. Oh, in this 100-degree heat, Slurpees are the best. Oh, yeah. In 7-Eleven all the time for those Slurpees. And, of course, Centex tickets. Um, Zay, what are you looking forward to most about this Texas football game tomorrow, 24 hours from now? Um The freshmen.
1: All the freshmen, this great recruiting class, top five recruiting class, all of those guys seeing what Which they can bring to know. the Which table. Which
0: are you most? Um,
1: Anthony Hill. Anthony Hill. I think he has probably the best opportunity to get out on the field with no Mo Blackwell. I think you're going to see a lot of reps with him. I mean, you could say that about C.J. Baxter, but if Jonathan Brooks and Keelan Robinson, if they get it rolling, depending on the day, depending on the game, then who knows? But I think right now with – Mo Blackwell out with that MCL. That's going to give Anthony Hill a lot more reps. And even though David Benda, I'm expecting him to start. I want to see what number zero is all about. You know, does you he remind
0: you him? of you?
1: Hell no. What? Mm, I'm not, I'm not going to. Who? Anthony Hill? Yeah, man. Hell no. I wish I. If I. If he reminded me of me, then you and I wouldn't be talking right now. I'd be somewhere getting ready for week one of the NFL. If I had what he has, like that dude has everything you need to, be an elite linebacker for the future. It's just the age, man. Like, can you be comfortable throwing him out there in key situations? I know that when well, we're expecting rice to be just a easy dub for the horns. It should be, but JT sent or uh, excuse me, JT Daniels, that dude's experienced, man. That dude's played a lot of the football to where he can maybe confuse Very young guys playing in their first game ever, like a Anthony Hill, like a Malik Muhammad. So I think this is a good test for those young guys. And Anthony Hill, I'm trying to see what he's about. Either from an edge rushing spot, maybe on blitzing plays, or even just being that straight up weak side linebacker. I'm seeing. I'm trying to see what number zero's got because we know he has a lot of upside. And nah, chef, he don't remind me of me. That dude has way more juice than I ever
0: had. If you had what he had, you might be playing for the Ravens, getting ready to try to help <laughs> make John McClain a profit.
1: You're right. You're right. I'll be right beside Robert Quinn and those dudes.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see Anthony Hill, too. I've said he's he's got that kind of uncanny ability to get in the backfield and not go for the sack. If he sees the quarterback getting ready to throw it, he'll go swat where he knows the ball's going to be and not even try to go for the sack. He's just a heady football player. He knows that it's all about the football, and he's just one of those guys who has a knack to to knock it loose and create turnovers. So um, I'm I'm with you. I'm excited. I think we're going to see him a lot on pass rushing downs, and um, that's that's going to be fun. And C.J. Baxter, man, I mean, you got you got Steve Sarkeesian basically talking about C.J. Baxter and Jonathan Brooks almost like they're co-starters. Let's see what C4 is all about. And and look, the Rice defense is the strength of their team. And and so let's see how the Texas offense is able to to pick them apart. And can Texas impose its will in the running game? Because Texas, you heard Cade Brewer. And if you missed uh, former uh, Longhorns tight end Cade Brewer on the show in the first hour, make sure you check out. The podcast at iTunes, Spotify, uh, wherever you uh, enjoy your podcast, because he talked about it, and he he talked about you know the fact that um, you know you he wants to see this this offense impose its will because Sarkeesian's a run first guy, and it, you you have to have the the threat of the run to set up play action. And unless Sark's going to totally change his team's identity, which he shouldn't because he's got his offensive line returning and he's recruited well at running back, then let's see them impose their will in the running game because you go to Tuscaloosa and you don't have a running game, you're dead. You're dead in the water. So let's see it, you know.
1: Yeah, definitely got to see it. And hey, CJ Baxter, it kind of shows him coming from a big time program out of Florida that he'll be ahead of the curve. You know, you talked about it this week, Chip. It took Mac Brown a few games to realize Cedric Benson was that dude because he didn't believe in freshmen. He didn't think that freshmen, you know, maybe have earned, or he thought they would be pissing down their leg due to just nerves and stuff of being a freshman playing for a big powerhouse like Texas, and he was wrong. Cedric Benson, one of the greatest running backs to ever put on the Burt orange. And I'm not trying to throw that pressure on CJ Baxter. But again, going back to week zero, you saw for USC, Zechariah Branch go crazy as a freshman with two touchdowns, including that kick return. You saw in Dublin, Jaden Greyhouse go crazy with two touchdowns. Both of those guys are freshmen. So it doesn't matter your age. If those guys can produce and give your team the best chance to win, then throw them out there. You know, and I'm not saying that those guys won't have nerves, all of the freshmen that are going to play tomorrow, somebody going to have some nerves because, you know, this is what you dream for. This is what you work so hard for in high school, getting recruited and, you know, going through the offseason and stuff like this is what you work for that moment. And I know that they want to make the best of it. But, you know, for some guys, it takes time. And for some guys. They can pick up on it right away, and they're ready. And yeah, look at we're going to see who that is.
0: Look at Quinshawn Judkins at Ole Miss last year. You know, fifteen hundred, almost sixteen hundred yards rushing. True freshman, sixteen rushing touchdowns. The the freshmen, it seems, are more prepared than they've ever been to play at an early age, especially the the special ones. And look, CJ Baxter, number one running back recruit in the nation. Five star B. John Robinson was a five star. Bijan Robinson probably should have been used more as a freshman. Um my God, Tom Herman. What were we thinking there? But yeah, Quinshawn Judkins, I mean, you had Zach Evans sitting there behind him. He wouldn't let anyone else on the field. He was he was that talented. And I'm I'm fascinated to watch Quinshawn Judkins again this year. What what do you do for an encore? At will miss. But yeah, I, I want to see if if CJ Baxter is is that kind of special. And and look, they show the the special ones show you right away. So yeah. Let's, yes. let's, watch, let's watch and see that. Yeah. Tomorrow. And what's
1: put and what's put CJ Baxter ahead of the curve, you know, yes, we know what he could do running the football, but far as pass protection that better be on point you cannot get our all-world quarterback blown up you just can't because say what you want about quinn ewers performance last year it looked like he had a little bit of ptsd from that alabama hit and that's the reason why a lot of balls sailed you know, because he wasn't going to his mechanics. You know, maybe he was worried about that rush. So he's just trying to get the ball out of his hands quick. Like, you want Quinn yours at ease. That you already said, Ship. He lighting the ass now. The dude's been dieting. You know, he's under two bills. Like the fact that he weighs less than Bryce Young, which I still don't believe. At the combine, Bryce Young weighed over two hundred pounds or weighed exactly two hundred pounds. Y- yeah, he's about a buck fifty-five on you know soaking wet. But Quinn Ewers, like he can't be taking many hits. He can't be. So not only C.J. Baxter, all the running backs, including in the offensive line, they got to protect three. And if they do and give him times where he could step up and make those throws to all those weapons for the wide receivers, including JT Sanders and Gunnar Helm, then this Longhorns team, they should have the success that everybody is thinking that they could have. And it starts tomorrow. It starts tomorrow.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, think of all the newcomers that, uh, that were, you know, I talk about my checklist and, you know, you're. I mean, I'm just gonna run through some of the, some of the newcomers that, um, you know, you Anthony Hill we mentioned Justice Finkley. You know, with Ovia Gofu gone, Justice Finkley at that buck end position with Ethan Burke, um, Colton Vosick probably getting the game. Uh, I'm really high on both uh, Burke and Vosick. Obviously, the coaches are too because their length. But um, you know, Malik Muhammad. At, at corner who's been pushing. Uh I don't know if anyone had a better couple scrimmages in fall camp than Malik Muhammad, Malik Murphy at quarterback, obviously Arch Manning. Um, you know, Jalen Gilbo. Jalen Gilbo was, man, he was he was ahead Tough. of everybody last year until that knee injury. You know, we talk about Terrence Brooks, but Gilbo was ahead of Brooks and then the knee injury. And so I mean I'm eager to see Jalen Gilbo. Number 13, you know?
1: Yeah, we talk about if Jade Barron had to move around from that star position, and I think if that were to happen, hopefully it doesn't because that means some serious things are going on in that cornerback room. Like, I want Gavin Holmes and Terrence Brooks and, you know, Ryan Watts, I want them all to be those guys, and also Malik Muhammad. But if they were to move Jade Barron around, which Sark just talked about in his last presser about everything that Jade could do from corner, star position to safety, he does it all, which makes him so valuable. Jalen Gilbo now healthy him coming in I have tons of confidence that he could get the job done because you're right Chip what he showed before he got hurt like that dude as a freshman is tough and you know I wish he was able to play the rest of the games because I think the defense would have been a lot different and we forget about him being injured last year what was it the Oklahoma State game yeah. I don't know that yeah but man that changed a lot with what Pete Krakowski wanted to do scheme-wise for the defense. And, you know, there were a couple of mistakes and lapses in the secondary last year that I don't think would have happened if Jalen Gilbo was healthy. So, yeah, man, that room, it's deep. It's very deep. And all those guys are battling out for playing time. Uh, Sark, he mentioned Michael Taft, which I don't think he gets enough credit just because, you know, he was a former walk-on. He earned that scholarship. But he's another one of those Westlake guys. Guys. And, you know, just talking to Cade Brewer, like, don't sleep on those Central Texas, Westlake Lake Travis guys, man. Those guys know how to win. Those guys know how to play ball. And they might not be the most athletic as some of their peers on the squad, but Michael Taff, you're not going to see him in the wrong spot very often. So, you know, Jay, you think about Jalen Catalan and what he brings to the table. You're still a little nervous about him just making it throughout the whole season. Lights out Catalan. Happens, lights out Catalan, baby. And, but if he stays healthy along with all the guys like Derek Williams – Jelani McDonald, I think those guys are gonna be able to contribute somehow, some way. I'm sure Jeff Banks has found something for those guys to do just because it's Jeff Banks and those guys, I think, are talented enough to see the field. Eric
0: Williams man. and Jelani McDonald look like NFL. Ass men. Yeah. Right <laughs> now. I mean, I I I've heard great things. I can't wait to see it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's so deep, man. There's so much talent on this team, and they just got to put it together. Hey, uh, so we talk about the linebackers a little bit, and obviously uh, Mo Blackwell, him being out for a couple of games, I don't know how long, two to four weeks, we were told last week with that MCL injury. Jet Bush, do you expect him to be able to
0: yes. you know, get out there? and? Well, do, he's going to be out things? there. Yeah. And Jeb Bush, I, I'm conflicted about Jeb Bush because I thought he was a good edge rusher, but he's undersized. He doesn't have the measurables, um, but he has the motor. I thought he was a liability in coverage, man. When he would come in yeah. last year, offenses would check immediately to a pass in his area. And it 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 was tough. Now, at middle linebacker, you know, you don't ever really want Jalen Ford off the field in a meaningful game. But, yeah, you're going to see – you're going to see Jeff Bush. And, look, he's a good football player. hes I, I'm not saying that. He's a good football player. But he's, he doesn't have the lateral quickness that Jalen Ford has, that Mo Blackwell has, that David Benda has, that, you know, Leonga LaFau has. Um, he's, a, he's a downhill guy. And so maybe – if they can kind <clears> of <throat> keep him centered but the pro- here's the thing, Zay. You've got Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy clogging things up. Runs are going to bounce to the outside yeah. and that's where yeah. That's where you got to have that lateral, you know, sideline to sideline speed and you got to have your, you know, your Barons. I mean Jada Barron. That's why you love him at Nickel because he's going to know when things are going to bounce to his side of the field and he's going to come up and he's going to try and knock your lights out. Same with Jalen Catalan. So that's, you know, I think Jet Bush is the backup or coast co backup with Leonga Lafau behind Jalen Ford. Um, But there's no doubt the coaches like Jet Bush. He's a smart football player, just from a physical standpoint. I'm not sure he gives you what you really want, at linebacker as much as at the edge rushing position. But man, when you got dudes like, you know, Vernon Broughton, Alfred Collins, Ethan Burke, Colton Vasek, Baron Sorrell, it's, you know, Jeff Bush is a good backup.
1: Yeah. That, yeah. That's where I'm at too. I think if he's your backup, you're in the good position because, you know, the dude plays hard, he's experienced, he's played a lot of games and, you know, I think just cracking down more film and stuff, like, you feel comfortable throwing him out there depending on the situation and that kind of goes with the whole roster. There's a lot of guys that, you know, they might not be on the first team, they might not even be on the second team, but depending on the situation on who gets hurt and, you know, moving guys around for Pete Kwakowski's defense and even on the other side on offense, you know, especially on that. That defensive line you know now you got dj campbell starting you're going to be able to do a lot with a lot of those guys on the line depending on the situation and that's what sark's been building for the last three years he's been wanting that to where okay a guy goes out where okay a guy's now coming in we're not going to have any drop-off. Like, that's what the great teams do. The Alabamas, Ohio States, Georgia, that's what they've been able to do. That's why they succeed. Hell, Alabama, they lost their, you know, star quarterback last year for a couple of games. And, you know, Nick Saban, he thought that they should have been a play in the uh, college football playoff. And a lot of other people thought they should have been in the college football playoff. That's another story for another day. But, yeah, like, this team – Everything they want, they have everything they want. Everything ahead of them. Just now, it's time to play. And Sark, all those mistakes that you made last year. Hopefully, you've brought in the right guys like Jody Camillus and Paul Chris to help you out. I know Gary Patterson was a big part of that. But yeah, everything is on the table and in your favor. You just gotta put it all, gotta put it all out there. And hopefully, we see that tomorrow, two thirty.
0: Yeah, and. I mean, 100 degrees. Ooh. 100. Forecasted temperature. You got those rubber pellets in that field cooking. Uh, that heat coming off the turf is going to be closer to 120, maybe higher. And just Texas has been practicing in this heat for this very reason. And you're going to see all kinds of rotation. So, um, man. And for the fans, I will say this again I've been told. Once Texas goes uh, to the SEC, uh, they're not going to have these two thirty games in September. They're going to have night games in September, and uh, and so um, you know, don't just know that these type of games, Fox don't care. They're not. They don't have a relationship with Texas going forward. Um, ESPN will look out for for Texas uh going forward, give them give him some night games in September. So um yeah, I mean we probably should address this. Our man Robert um you know uh, uh Dominic. Yeah about 3 30 today Dominic McKinley is gonna announce uh his his commitment and I know this has been a really weird recruitment. Um And I know our recruiting guys at horns 24 seven, you know, our man Hank South lowered his confidence rating on this uh, today. It sounds like um, that Dominic McKinley is probably going to announce for someone other than Texas, but Texas will continue to recruit Dominic McKinley, you know, big time defensive lineman out of the state of Louisiana, a guy I really like, I think, you know, you watch his film, this is a guy who can help. And, and this is the most important position in the 2024 recruiting class for Texas. So, um, you know, stay tuned on this. Don't, don't lose your minds if he announces for A&M, um, which I think is probably, um, the leader, his mom wants him close. Um, a is close to Louisiana and, um, you know, DJ Durkin's selling him on playing with all these other talented kids that they've been recruiting there. But again, we're a long way to signing day. So um, don't yeah. uh, don't throw yourself hey. out the window. College station ate the ATX Dominic.
1: So I, hey be careful. Be careful.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, hey Chip, one more thing before we leave. Burt Auburn. How do you feel about him coming into the season? We haven't talked about the kicking situation, but it seems like the guy that I like to call sober carrot top coming into another year. Do we feel confident that if the time came up and he had to make a big kick, will he make that
0: kick? Hey, I, I'm a buyer of burnt orange Auburn. I mean, the guy hit the big one against Alabama last year with a minute twenty-nine left to give him the lead, uh, forty-nine yarder, and then hit the forty-seven yarder at tech with no time left to force overtime. He got no credit for those kicks because Texas ended up losing They're those. Yeah. But those were money kicks and And everyone's like, well, he missed that field goal against Alabama early in the game. Steve Sarkeesian and Jeff Banks have said the the snap and hold were not good. And that's when they replaced uh, Zach Edwards, the snapper, and the holder. The holder was Isaac Pearson, the the backup or the punter at the backup punter at the time. Uh, They replaced both of them. Louis St. Louis, the snapper now, they feel really good about. And Ryan Sanborn, who's been a holder on field goals uh, pretty much his whole time at Stanford, they feel good about and when the snap and hold is there they feel like bert auburn can deliver the goods so yeah i'm a i'm buying burnt orange auburn with that burnt orange hair zay you buying them yeah
1: oh yeah man hey anybody that looks like carrot top i'm with You know what I'm saying? He looks like he has a good time. It looks like he enjoys life. And, hey, all your job is to make the big kick. And he's done that thus far. Just you're right, Chip. He didn't get the credit for it because the Horns lost both of those games to the Crimson Tide and the Red Raiders. So, yeah, if the time comes up where he has to make another big kick, which that's going to be sometime this season, I believe in him to get it done.
0: Absolutely. All right. Any big uh, predictions for the weekend, Zay? You got, Texas, um, you got Texas covering. I got Texas covering the 35.
1: Yeah, definitely covering. And as far as Texas record, I'm going 11 and 1. Let's go. I'm going eleven and one. I don't know who that loss is going to be to. I got a couple of teams on my mind. Maybe next weekend against Crimson Tide. Maybe against the Wildcats of Kansas State. But yeah, I got one game that this team is losing. Too much expectation. Too much talent. You know, this is the year where you go over ten games,
0: Sark. I love it. I love it, Zay. Yeah. How about you, man? I I'm I'm ten and two. Okay, and and if they beat Alabama, watch out. If they beat Alabama, watch out. Which I think they could beat Alabama. I'm I'm this close, this close to predicting Texas beating Alabama, but I'm not there yet. I want to see the I want to see Texas tomorrow. I want to see that run defense. I want to see if Texas can run the football on its own terms, and then come. Monday. Are we doing a show Monday on Labor Day? You got to talk to BK. I'm sure we are. <laughs> I'll, I'll I talked to BK, and I shouldn't, yeah, be, yeah. I shouldn't be doing this on the air, Zay, but because, <laughs> because I got to go down to talk to Sark and the players, are you good with doing three to five on Mondays during the football season? We can't do three to five. We got uh, Jeff Howe now. Oh.
1: Starting next week, Jeff Howe <laughs> with uh, with uh, Kevin Dunn and Trey Allen, then we got R right. before us and BK and Trey before us, and we just brought on Wags and Rodney. So yeah, we're full now. Texas Sports on Filter, we're full now. But we are gonna make things happen. We can figure it out. We got a All big right. team here. We can figure it out, man. It's let's been a fun it day. It's been a, a fun it day. Out. It's
0: been a fun week. Hey man, let's uh, let's rock and roll, baby. We uh, we'll have a ton to talk about on Monday, if I'm even available to to be on the show. Um, Hey, listen, appreciate everybody. Appreciate all the sponsors. Let's do it again. Have a great weekend. Have a great kickoff to the Longhorn season, the college football season, and uh, keep it right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. You know what I'm saying? Tell your friends and enemies. Peace. Y'all be cool.